Welcome to Generally Specific, the podcast that talks to inspiring people about the things that inspire them. I'm Anthony Cosme, alongside my co-host Andre Dowdy. Dre, how you doing? I'm feeling good. And our next guest <laughs> is a wordsmith. Gets me every time. A poet from Brooklyn, Jess De Jesus, has combined her love for music and poetry and releases the product as Aura. A curious mind, Aura uses crowded bars and long subway rides to solidify her thoughts and jots them down on napkins, phones, or whatever vessel she has available. She brings her words to the microphone at the Wave Cave Studios with generally specific goons. Jess, welcome to the pod. What's up? I see you did your research. I feel so honored. Yeah, I tried. That's so dope. I tried. Best intros in the game. I'm trying. <laughs> Best intros. Really in trying. Coming in. Um, Kaz, you want me to lower that for you real fast? No. Okay, cool. I'm here. All right, cool. I'm right here. Right. My dude's like, mode. I can do it myself if I want. <laughs> That's true. I'm right, saying it with my chest. Let right, me. Cool. All right, my man. Okay. My man. Um, <laughs> Jess, how are you? I'm chilling. How are you doing? I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. You I'm cool? cool. Are you cool, Kaz? Always, dude. He's saying it with He's his cool chest. I'm cooler than a polar, polar bear's toenails. Oh, oh hell! <laughs> oh my god. So, um, how 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 do we get to the point where you're doing poetry? Where how does that where does that start? Poetry, yeah. Um, well, I'm an only child first and foremost, and so being an only child leads to a lot of lonely days. And so when I was younger, I really didn't have anyone that I felt like understood me that I can confide in at least regularly. You know, I didn't have like a sibling. I had my parents who, you know, my mom's super dope. But um, I always felt like I had these unresolved emotions within myself that I never got to ever resolve verbally. Um, And so I decided to start writing them down. And eventually they became a rhythm. You know, it wasn't just um, thought splattered. It was... You know, there was some sort of structure that I saw. And so once I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try some spoken word. Let's say this with a little bit more emphasis. Let me try, you know, making my thoughts a little bit more interesting than what they already are right now um, or what they're not right now. And so um, I felt like that would give me a way to speak to more people. Um, And so that's kind of how it started. Do you find it do you find it difficult having to um apply your words to rhythm no that actually came pretty naturally um i'm gonna tell y'all a secret only um one other person knows this um the first instrumental that i wrote to <clears throat> was a lotus flower bomb instrumental Ooh. wow <laughs> wow <laughs> um wow. so it wasn't hard when you have YouTube, you know. I was jamming to that song at the moment, and I was like, what I love about that song was that it involved both rap and singing, and sort of old R&B has always been my inspiration, and they always did that, but I also wanted to be the only person to do it, as in, like, I didn't want to feature someone else to rap it or sing it. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do both. And so... um I don't know why, but Lotus Flower Bomb was the was the instrumental, and I was like, "Let's get it!" and um and that was the first song I wrote to, and it wasn't too hard. It, it came pretty naturally. Are you telling me you're a low key Wale fan? Oh, don't tell, don't <laughs> don't put me in that hole right now. <laughs> I'm with I'm, I'm with you in that hole on this one. I like Wale. No, you I know, do too. You know? Some yeah. of his, I think, 
I think he's interesting. I think I think he has some really good jams, and then he has some not so great jams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. I like that so. Nike boots song. That's a good one. Oh damn, you're throwing it way Yo, back. That's I like so that far. One. <laughs> so what I gotta do, you know? Oh. I like Nike boots. It's cool. <laughs> damn, you threw it way back, bro. Yeah, dude, like a lawn chair. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Wale is okay. He's cool. We're talking about Wale. I mean, we can get back into it. We can talk yeah. 90210. Yeah. That was also, a good nah. one. You're still, you're still running. <laughs> what, like, oh, what, rather not. What, what Wale tracks are you talking about? What, what Wale There's tracks out. banging? I like, uh, you know that song with, with SZA, The Need to Know, off that Seinfeld album? Also, he made a Seinfeld yeah. album. How do we, how do we not that bring about? that up first? <laughs> He's been very committed to that for a very long time. Because really? he had the mixtape about nothing. Yeah, that's true. played that off and then eventually went to the album about nothing. So he really likes Seinfeld. Yeah, that's clear. Frazier's also a really good show, so I don't know why he... Skipped out on that. You seen that video of Kelsey Grammer falling off that stage at that thing? No. There's a video of Kelsey Grammer falling off a stage at a thing. Oh <laughs> What's God. the thing? He's like doing a talk and he's like, or I don't know if he's doing a talk. I don't know what he's doing, but he's on a stage and he's being Kelsey Grammer and he just falls off the stage. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Frazier. Okay. Okay. So what, so what Wally Banks for you other than that song? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I can't think of many other ones it's right fine, now. It's fine. <laughs> Which goes to tell you, I ain't the the biggest Wale Fair fan. Enough. But okay, fine. What's your favorite Frasier episode? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like Wale's a very particular case because he came in to a point where like like him and J Cole were always pitted as like rivals. I don't see that whatsoever. No, I don't. They I don't. are not on the same. I think platform. it was just like they came in at the same time. They both were like decent rappers mm. and like. They both were like kind of lyrically, lyrically like conscious. So everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, they got they, they're always they're, they're the same, but not no. because they're different people." The new common. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just no kidding. one wants to be the new no. common. Common. <laughs> uncommon. Common. Someone comes out. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, uncommon. The greatest diss record ever. Um. Okay. So now we've 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 got to this point. So you start piecing your words together on songs and then how do we get how do we get to the point where where you have developed uh, an artist's profile and persona you know the first step for me which i think is the first step for a lot of people is when i decided to name myself something i like sat down had a nice like one hour thinking session i was like what's my name gonna be because i'm not gonna go by Jessica De Jesus, like that is not cool. It's a cool name, but you whatever. know, you know it's okay. It, it came, it came with a good Instagram handle. You know, De mm. Jesus walks. Check me out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, De Jesus walks. <laughs> De Jesus walks. So, so, um, but I really wanted to be thoughtful about what I called myself, and so. And I feel like that was the first step. And so I came up with Aura, which is actually, it actually stands for Always Understand and Revive Affinity. And that's sort of the goal of what I want my art to do for people is revive love amongst one another, you know? And so once I did that, I was like, I might as well do this now. <laughs> I made up a name. I right. have to use it. So so that's what happened. 
So do you, do you, do you treat your songs as poetry or do you do you treat your songs like music? Ooh, that's a really good that's question. a really good question. Um, I think it depends on the song. Um, most of the time, it does start off as poetry. Um, you sort of hinted at the fact I wrote a a song on a piece of napkin at my friend's bar, Beerwax. Um, but that started off as a poem. You know, it was just sitting down. I was alone. I was absorbing the energy around me. Um, and then I realized afterwards, I was like, I really want to make this into a song. And that's usually how most of my songs start. But then sometimes you just want to make a hit. There's a nice beat that you have in your head. And you're like, this is going to be a hit. I don't need to be super poetic right now. I just want people to jam. And that's where it's less poetic. And it's more, you know, it's a song. Mm. It's, a, it's a vibe. <laughs> oh, God, I hate saying that. <laughs> Why did I say that? It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Um, so, so do you, do you, I know you've started producing recently? Very, or? very, like three weeks ago. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. I was going to say, so are you, are you finding yourself in a position where you're taking what's been written and trying to find music that fits it? Or are you mm. treating it as a separate thing? Just like producing for the sake of producing? No. Yeah. I'm actually producing for the sake of producing. And that's so different from me for me because um, I typically just write lyrics and then I work with um, this guy, Brendan, that I work with pretty consistently to create the instrumental around the lyrics. But for once, I've decided to take a step back from focusing so much on the lyrics and really just be um, in that like beat mindset, just do whatever I want to do, um, play around with the loop pedal, you know, all that stuff. You have and a loop then, pedal? Yeah. Ooh, I fucking love loop pedals. Yeah, They're so, so cool. much fun. They're so frustrating, dude. <laughs> awesome. I get so mad because I'm like, I thought I could count, but now I don't feel like I can count. <laughs> and I'm like, one, two, three, four. And it's like on four and a half. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you got to be good with the feet. Dude, I know. I'm like, I thought I was good with my feet. I used to dance. And I'm like, I don't oh. think I'm that great. But um, I'm going to be good anymore. <laughs> it's really humbling. And then. It gives me an opportunity to write to my own beats, which I never thought I could ever do. I always was super intimidated by that. I was like, anyone that could produce and rap on the stuff that they produce is a god. That's interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, too, about like, are, now that you're producing, too, are you writing to the beats or are you writing beats to ideas that were already existing? Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly writing to the beats because I want to pit... I feel like if I just make a like write something first, I'm going the most comfortable route right. versus if I start with the beat, it forces myself to adhere to whatever I created. And that's not something I'm very used to, firstly, and also forces me to make a bomb ass beat, because if not, I'm going to be like, this is trash. I'm not rapping on this. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I hear that. That's I cool. feel like that's why it's easier for people to make stuff for themselves, because like they know what works for them and what doesn't. But it's interesting. True. But what works for you isn't necessarily easy to create, you know? That's true. Ooh, good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. So. Hmm. Hmm. so I just fell in my chair. Um, so you've got like a bunch of, not necessarily different, but but you've got a, a lot of things that are happening that are all related to each other. But at least in the way that I perceive that you presented them are like 
just in orbit of each other mm. so like poetry and music obviously are like very interrelated but yeah. like poetry can be its own demon and music can be its own demon oh, because sure. when you're dealing with poetry you're just more or less dealing with the you know the word of it of it and then you know music is not only lyrics it doesn't even have to be lyrical mm-hmm. but it is lyrical and you know composition and whatever else you bring to it um so i guess this is like a three-part question now yeah. um i'll try to remember I'm, i'll we'll do one heat. by one <laughs> probably with the heat here on generally specific so then num- number one like who are you looking to as like inspiration or or, or someone that you you will you 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 look at and be like wow i really respect their poetry Mm. that's so interesting um because when it comes to poetry it was never i never looked to like classical poetry at all i always looked at poetry as like dissected versions of like hip-hop i would listen to and i think one of the artists that inspired me most poetically um was immortal technique i don't know if mm, you yeah you know familiar but um he was always so raw so descriptive um and uh and very lyrical but also super poetic in, in what he said and i felt like i um you know, Andre, uh, I'm forgetting the question you asked me. I was just like, Immortal Technique, I started thinking about this song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, no, I'm just like, that. that's like the the, the the lyrical, the person you look to lyrically because, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, he's still got to make a song at the end of the day, but yeah, it yeah. can still write out however he needs to write out. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say more like, talk about Immortal Technique for a second. Mm. Yeah, for <laughs> um, real, yeah. Uh, just because, like, I, I feel like he does have such a way to, like, visually and viscerally describe yeah. something oh my in goodness. a way that's like so harsh and like yeah. also poetic yeah. so it's like really he tiptoes that line really well mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like he has a way of engaging all of your senses like oh definitely yeah that's a good way to i mean describe it. everyone knows the song dance with the devil right that's yeah. one of his most famous ones and i think the reason why it's so impactful is because you really feel like you're in that scene and i feel like poetry does that really well or is that's the poetry that i've always gravitated to was mm-hmm. it not only uh like portrayed a scene within your mind but it made you feel like you were inside of it right like builds a space for you to be yeah and and i think that's a differentiation between poetry and songs for me sometimes um where it's like poetry you're painting a very specific scene um versus with songs it's completely based off of the perception of the listener right so the scene can vary intensely between whoever's listening to the song right right and and that's a big way that poetry and and songs have differentiated for me so yeah it's um i mean again this is probably a subjective thing overall but i feel like poetry is a little more like it's very it's a lot right like what to your point it's a little more specific you know exactly. it's a little like less up for interpretation yeah um whereas i feel like a lot of music is like each person that hears this is gonna relate to it differently and yeah. make these words their own but i'm sure i you know i don't want to speak too like 
put things into a, this box or that because I'm sure yeah. there's some intermixing I, between the two. I think it's just music is so accessible, right. and because of that, exactly, and the the, the the like the various natures in which people listen to it, mm-hmm. um, kind of gives it the ability to have multiple meanings, mm-hmm. like. Time and place can very much affect how you feel about a song as opposed to what it actually means. Like yeah. you could know that like Dance of the Devil is a very messed up song about this whole process, but yeah. if I don't know, it could be like your favorite song because you listened to it when you got your first paycheck exactly. or something. You know, like yeah. like true. We imprint a lot of meaning onto songs when it comes to time and place. I feel like yeah. with poetry it's a little less so. I mean, of course you could be reading it on the subway, you can be reading it on the yeah. bus, you can be reading it, you know, in your home and it It'll have an effect that way. Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say? You I- can read it on a plane. You can read it on a train. You can read it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like, I feel like, like uh, if you're reading, if you're reading a book of poetry, I think you have to relate the poems to each other a yeah. little bit more. It's hard to read them kind of isolated. Exactly. Um, granted that that's the way you treat an album too, though. You, yeah. The, the songs relate to each other, but I feel yeah. like, I feel like it's a little bit different just because of yeah. the way we consume music. Yeah, and that accessibility aspect is exactly, was exactly my motivation for going into music in the first place because I realized that not everyone wants to read a poem, right? That's just not, it's not what they like to do. You know, a lot of people listen to music though. Mm-hmm. And um, and so what I started off by doing was um, hitting up New York and Poets Cafe nice. and trying it as spoken word. And then once I saw how much the audience grew once it became spoken poetry, I was like, let me try taking this a step further than that and mm. making it a song. And that was really the the process there. Um, so, I mean, I still have my other two questions there, but <laughs> um, have, have you considered doing spoken word just under music kind of like a gil scott heron type of deal oh, dude yes that was actually my first uh idea for like a mixtape i was i was just gonna you know do a bunch of instrumentals with spoken word on top of it mm. but then i think i got scared because i don't see a lot of people doing it and i thought that it wouldn't get it wouldn't be perceived the way i want it to be perceived mm. um I mean, that's a fear with everything I create. Um, and that's just something that you have to accept. But I think poetry is super vulnerable for me, much more vulnerable than music even, because mm-hmm. um, that's like in its purest form, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so putting that on instrumentals and letting people run with it in whichever way they want felt a lot more impactful for me. Um, and so I decided not to do it but i might do it as like interludes in the future i was gonna ask you that yeah 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 that'd be oh man i would love that just a nice switch up yeah it seems like that's where they exist at least mostly right in most kind of like modern musical adventures they seem to just kind of pop up as an interlude yeah yeah music can be really distracting too go ahead i'm sorry yeah no it reminds me like to pimp a butterfly i feel Mm, like mm -hmm. you know kendrick did that a bit yeah Um, yeah having that whole poem over the course of the album exactly i mean even like like the poem itself is cool but like using the like the nature in which he'd split that poem up yeah provides like an outline for the whole album exactly which which is is so cool yeah (laughs) yeah i guess yeah it's modern like peak goals yeah exactly mm, won't be like kendrick when i go (laughs) damn uh so then who i know like obviously now you've you've evolved into 
a vocalist. Yep. So, you know, who who you who 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 do you mess with vocally as a performer? So this is a, this is an interesting question. I think that historically one of my favorite artists and she's killing it right now is Alicia Keys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, I don't have a voice like her, but just like the soul in her voice is what I've always gravitated to and what I always wanted to tap into. Like I don't think I have like the most classically soulful voice, but I think that I've learned to accept the nuances within my voice and like see its own soul within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like she's always been an inspiration of mine. Um, I feel like, you know, weirdly enough, I've been loving like UK vocalists. Mm. Like I think people like in terms of most recent artists that I love, um, like Georgia Smith. Okay, is that how you say her name? I really yeah. No, I believe yeah, that's it. So. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to be really ignorant, but like Georgia Smith, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it, bro? I Proper. think she's super cool. I love her. I've been on her since like Blue Lights came out. I mm-hmm. think she's just she has such a unique voice too. I feel like it's not. It doesn't sound classically trained. It's not and like I'm exactly. And so I think the least classically trained artists or vocalists are the ones that I gravitate to because I wasn't the kid that was in like chorus or, you know, choir at their church or whatever the case may be. I was literally the one that was told by my mom, like, don't be a singer. Like, don't even try singing. (laughs) My mom really told me that because I was a dancer my whole life. She's like, just stick to dancing. You know, that was her nice way of being like, you can't sing. And so I would have to like, train myself by like recording on my like flip phone me singing let me love you by mario right and i was like i was killing that one song but i didn't know how to do any other song like it was just until you found wallet (laughs) until you found wallet um interesting interesting so why'd you stop dancing is it is that i don't think I made a conscious decision to stop dancing. I think it was just I decided to prioritize like writing music over it. And so I was on the dance team in um, at college. But after that, I haven't danced since, which kind of makes me sad sometimes because I think it filled a different outlet for me that I'm sort of missing now because when you have to like physically exert your body emotions travel a different way energy travels a different way right besides like channeling it into like writing or you know typing or whatever um like there's just a a calmness you feel after getting really sweaty (laughs) for lack of better words but um I don't know why I did I just I just did it just happened it was priorities you know Mm -hmm. you only have enough time for so many things and was it like a particular kind of, of dance? So I did all types of dance. I did ballet, contemporary, tap. Yo, I love tap. Tap seems I like to think cool. that was my, you know, original uh, time as a producer. I used to like tap beats mm. with my tap mm. shoes. My mom would hate it, yo. <laughs> she would hate it. She's like, what are you like stomping on cockroaches? And I'm like, no, mom, dancing. Um, but... Yeah, uh, I really love that. But hip hop was my my main focus for sure. Cool. And would can, if I were to go back into it, that would definitely be the route I take. Yeah. Cool. Um. So when like I'm just going back to like your writing, 
process a little bit. Yeah. Um, and how you were speaking about like picking up on the energy in the room. Yeah. Um, when you started focusing more on music, do you think that like, like, do you think music is a more efficient way to deliver some of that energy back? Oh my gosh. You know, I wouldn't use the word efficient because it never feels what's yeah nothing's of (laughs) what would feel efficient to me is like yelling into my pillow for two hours straight sometimes you know like (laughs) that is the most efficient way but i think the most you know i don't even want to say useful but like beneficial way for Mm -hmm. me is through music because i can directly see its impact on the people that are listening to it and 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 that's really what makes it feel so rewarding is that impact that you're making. And even if, even let's say no one listens to it, just the fact that I decided and I was like brave enough to put it out there into the world for mm-hmm. everyone to see is a huge step for me. Like it makes me move past those emotions I was feeling at that time. If it's one of those things where I was riding through my emotions. Um, but it, it's, it's all, I think, you know, working towards working on myself and I think putting it out there is a big part of that. It's a beautiful thing. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, I think man. So. You know, <laughs> it's just like, it, it's nice to see that like, because it's almost like evolve, your music evolves with you, you know, as you evolve mm. as a person and like you put a part of yourself into that. And I think that's a, a really sure. cool thing. Yeah. Now, since you've decided to jump into this world of producing your own stuff, yeah, um, are you looking at producers? Are you listening now in a different oh way? Oh my that gosh! You- oh my gosh! I thought I appreciated producers before. Psh, nah, mm, <laughs> now it is so different. I I hear the beats differently, and I and I sort of refocus throughout a song now. Before I would focus so much on the vocalists and the harmonies they were doing over that beat. And I would totally appreciate the beat. I'd be like, this is a dope beat. But now I'm looking at like the different pieces of the beat as well as the harmonies. There's so much more to pay attention to than I had realized previously. And I have so much more respect now. But I think that's with anything. Like until you do it, you're like, I could do that. And then you try it and you're like, I'm trash. Like I can't do (laughs) shit. But, But it's super... I, I love especially looking at producers within, you know, my nearby circle mm. and appreciating what they do because um, I can relate to them most personally. And now I have like an extra medium to relate to them through. Um, and I'd rather do that than look at like people that I don't even know, even though like Ujab is, is mm. one of my biggest inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... What what part of the beat do you gravitate to first? Like the percussive instruments. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, so easy for me. I mean, I have also congas at home. And yeah. so I've just always gravitated to percussion. Um, I'm not sure I've even stirred away a lot from that since I've started beat making. I'm like, I'll just add a bunch of drums together. Like, but kick here, snare there, another another kick here, another snare. It's just so, it's just like, because I'm most comfortable with that. And mm-hmm. like, I've never studied like music theory, which I've been trying to do because- Dude, and it's so necessary. I Well, I wouldn't say it's like completely necessary, but once you start- 
arranging a song and like a beat, I think it's it's really helpful to know. And and so I've been trying to get into that, but that's another thing that I have to like make time for. And yeah, that, yeah, of course, of so. course. And even even like once you start getting past like the the technical of the theory, like figuring out like what chords or what keys resonate with me, what do these keys mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. what do these chords say? Yeah, yeah. My my sister's like very into theory. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, cool. so she's like she'll always describe keys as feelings, and I'm like, uh, yeah, it's really interesting to me. Like she, like, yeah, she's just she's interesting. She could like tell you how all these chord relations work with each other and no. what an aug- I don't what an augmented seven chord is. Oh yeah. my goodness. Mm. That yeah. is like a different know. language yeah. to me. She speaks and it's like very technical because she's just got all this like incredible technical information in her brain. It goes Ugh. way over my head. Yeah. But it's really that. fascinating to just like hear her talk about it. But it, you have the photography side, so you you could talk technically yeah, about that for hours. I guess, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of photography a little bit, you recently got into film photography. Yep. Yes, I have. Um, yeah. Did so. you want to spend a lot of money? Why? What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Dude, just kidding. honestly, thinking about it, I got my first role developed, and I was like, that's more than I thought it would yeah. be. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful And I got thing. two images back. <laughs> Film photography is so, so great. I just yeah. like to make the joke because it's expensive. It's super um, expensive. But what made you want to get into photography, specifically film photography? Dude, prepare to blush because... No, I'm going to throw up dude, on the you're microphone. you're going to throw up on the microphone right now. But you have been like a huge inspiration for me. And, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, through Instagram, like I just see all the, honestly, like stories you post, like, through your photography. Yeah, you put them shits together real well. Dude, you you put them together so nicely. Yo, Anthony's Yo, got the biggest grimace on right now. <laughs> he hates it. You motherfucker. He hates all of this. But then when your photo essay came out, it like really solidified my adoration for you and for film too. I mean, like, because I think film in general um, is is really good at telling a story like on its mm-hmm. own i feel like digital you have to kind of work for it a little bit more i don't know if you feel that way no i do i, I do and i think it comes back to what we we're talking about before off mic yeah about um film being much more intentional yeah and you taking more of a time to pick the moment yeah quote unquote, exactly um because it's so much more intricate and expensive expensive yeah. <laughs> And like more of a process, you know? No, yeah, of course. Nothing's auto. You can't like, well, I mean, some things are auto, but you can't just like click yeah. a button. Right. And you you're know? not afforded the, the luxury of snapping 70 pictures and be no. like, oh, I got to go through these right. and see exactly. what works. It's like, well, I have 24 shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Gotta make sure these are worth it. Um, yeah. But you have a relationship. Yeah. You absolutely have a relationship with it. I think it, like you said something before that was really nice that it connects you to the moment more. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked that. It forces you into that perspective versus like what Andre was just saying. You can take seven of them and by then you're kind of out of the moment, right? You're very yeah. in the camera and it's it's like, how do I make this perfect? Versus like with film, it's you're still living in that moment because you have nothing to 
reflect on yeah, digitally, you're not looking you know? Back. Yeah, because that's yeah. the other thing with a f- digital photo, like you look back at exactly. it maybe right after. But with a film, you're you're on to the next shot and you're done. Exactly. You know? um, keep walking. That's it. Keep on walking. <laughs> like some people say, the film, like it, I mean, it is. It just like slows you down, but mm-hmm. in such a good way. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Let's take this time to break break and we'll be back with more talk with aura on general specific Woohoo! Hey, what's up? It's Andre again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Generally Specific. Just a heads up, our podcast is now available on Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Pocket Casts, which, as an Android user, is the app that I use to listen to some of my favorite podcasts. As our pod becomes more available on other platforms, we will keep in the loop. Also, if you are on the Anchor app, Feel free to drop us a little voice note. Tell us how you're liking the show and any thoughts you had on a previous episode. We'll drop a link on our socials so you can show us some generally specific love. And who knows? Your voice notes might pop up on a show. The specific side with Aura coming up in a little bit. What's up, gang? Gen- <laughs> generally specific. <laughs> generally specific. We're here with the. We're here with. With the. Aura. Uh, we're getting weird with it. We're getting yep. specific. Yup. We're about to listen to a voice message. Uh, after I left you three <laughs> dumb ones. I felt like obligated to also respond <laughs> I with saw a that voice I was like, message. Yo, I, I mess with this. People need to leave more voice messages on Instagram. Honestly, just, I do appreciate it. You're out here sending voice messages often or what are you doing? Not often enough. All right, so what we like to do on this podcast obviously is ask people what inspires them. Uh, it could be a person, place, thing, anything that that can be manifested physically, not physically, whatever the case. Um, you sent us this lovely voice message um granted it says me but you know you're just responding to something i sent to you so here's this oh wait let me just make sure my media is up all the way yeah it is okay well boom here we go i would say that the thing that inspires me the most are 
the communities I'm surrounded by, but not in the classic way where I feel as though I'm a part of those communities. Um, I feel more like a passive observer, really absorbing what makes those communities successful and beautiful in their own ways. Um, Because ultimately, in turn, it motivates me to eventually create a community of my own, but not at large scale, just within my home when I eventually start a family. So, oh my god so for starters first you, of all i sound like i just woke up from a nappy poo so you, you, <laughs> there's that the ill radio voice on yeah. like, hey what's up y'all hey, what's up? you were cool calm and collected yes. you were thinking about those words you were yeah mm, i heard that i was like damn there was some thought behind those words smooth oh, as fuck man. so let's Jazz get into radio it. <laughs> yeah <That> is- <laughs> yeah we're gonna break into these inspirations real quick Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's uh, our other podcast. We have a jazz podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just scatting the entire time. Oh, uh, wow. That'd be pretty cool, too. We should just great. scat different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to do it at the same time I do. So you know, <laughs> so like that's so you you had mentioned and you mentioned this before on like various uh, posts on your Instagram that you feel like you are a passive, um, a passive uh, member in a lot of the communities that you have grown into. Why do you say that? Yeah. So um, I. This is so hard for me sometimes. Um, I feel like I feel like I always have something missing, but not in like I lack. It, it's just something that separates me from that community, right? And and I've never felt like I've one hundred percent felt like okay, this is the community for me. You know, this is where I belong. I've always felt like there are so many different communities out there that I gravitate to at least one thing that they, you know, portray or one thing that's around their mission. And so I never wanted to pigeonhole myself into just like, I'm part of this, I'm part of that. Um, I wanted to be able to take from each of these communities that I surround myself by and like piece them together in my own way. Um so that's why I feel so so much like a passive observer when it comes to, you know, being surrounded by these communities because there is so much to appreciate being outside of it, right? I feel like once you're inside of it, you perceive it in a much different way, right? And you're sort of biased and versus I, I have almost like a researcher's mind where and I actually like studied science, um, you know, um, what's it called, traditionally. And so I feel like I'm just always like researching. I'm like, okay, so this is like, so what makes them tick. This is what they're like about. This is what they want to portray. This is their mission. And I like to take all of that and learn from that and see how that relates to me, but on my own separately. So. That's interesting. Cause it's just like, yeah. it's your take on it. And you're just, yeah. you're, you're taking away the things that you find most, um, 
I don't want to say appealing, but like what resonates most. Yeah, what, like, yeah, exactly. What resonates most with you? Who I already am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What jives with you as you are currently? Yeah, yeah. Instead of like feeling like I have to conform to something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird to have that like um, almost transient kind of feeling, and I feel like I feel like that sometimes too. Yeah. Um. Just as like more of an observer, mm-hmm. and less as like an a member of yeah. it, you know, um, and it's an interesting way to look at things. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a, a lonely way to look at things sometimes. Yeah, but it's like in, lonely in a good way, you know. It's yeah. like I'm my own unit kind of thing, and I'm around all these other people, and they're close to me, but I'm I don't know. I feel you on the like the, the degree yeah. of separation thing. For sure, for sure. I mean, you can. It's it. Yeah, I mean, I understand as well. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, at one point, are you a part of a community? That's a great question. Versus I, being a yeah. And I think part of my problem is I've never answered that question for myself, and so I've never like reflected back and said, "Yeah, I think I'm a part of this community." It's it's always been like I see it, but I never feel it. Um, and so I guess since I've never answered that question, like at what point are you a part of a community? Um, I guess I've never reflected and seen if I'm actually am a part of a community. Like you guys might perceive me as being a part of a community. I absolutely I do. just uh, I yeah. Well, yeah. genuinely don't feel that way. And I think part of it is like sort of this um, acceptance of loneliness that I've, you know, um, grown into over the years like mm-hmm. as I mentioned before I'm an only child so I've sort of been alone for a long time already like since I was younger and it's grown with me into my adulthood where I always have to feel feel so self-reliant that I don't want to take too much from people right and I feel like if I'm a part of a community I'll start to take too much right I want to just be that person that leaves at the right moment and arise mm-hmm. at the right moment. And I've always been sort of obsessive around that um, because I think there's almost a fear of like not feeling welcomed anymore. You know, I want to just give enough and then part ways when I when I need to. But I think that's also comes with like my insecurities and feeling like I don't actually belong. But I just want to say, you, I, I think you like very much do belong to <laughs> other people who love and care about you, you oh. know, um, and who would consider you a part of or of a bigger thing. Um, but there's also like a nice solitude in the loneliness uh, sometimes because yeah. it really gives you time to process your own thoughts exactly. and then do what you do and, yeah. and transform them into words to then give back to people. Exactly. Which is, you know. It's a good way to operate, I feel, if you're if you're going to. Yeah. And I have this, you know, saying to myself that each week I want to give I want to give 50 percent into the world and absorb 50 percent from the world. So if I feel like Mm. like like, even if you're scrolling on Instagram, right, like I'll stop myself because I'm like I've absorbed enough today. You know, I need to give something back. And that doesn't necessarily have to be public facing where it's like I post a story or Mm -hmm. or I have a post or post on Twitter, whatever the case may be. It can literally be like I create something on my computer, like I write a new song because even if people aren't seeing it in that moment, I'm still giving something into the world and 
I try to live by that each week. Oh, I love that because yeah. it's just like you're you're it's a give and take as as it should be. Yeah. Um, but it's also like a cool way to like make yourself responsible to like hold yourself up to like put back to the world what you put back into the world what you take out. I also think it's an investment in time too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are ways in which you can like dive headfirst into a community. Yeah. And you know, if you if you're not sure what it is that that works about the community for you, mm-hmm. you know, you can slowly work your way in and see you know how things operate and if that does make sense for you. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, how how my question, I guess, I mean, maybe more specifically to like this immediate generally specific. Excuse me, sorry. This more generally specific community that you're, in, I think you're in now. How long have you been in in Brooklyn proper? Oh, my whole life. I was actually born in Brooklyn Hospital. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> like when we met, at least you were Long Island based for a little bit. Yeah, I was long. Oh yeah, so I was Long Island based for about a year after college because my parents decided to move out there to okay. uh, Hicksville, oh, um, yeah. which was very, very different from Brooklyn. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> In a major that, way. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Period. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, it's kind of funny because when I was out there, my loneliness was amplified because my community wasn't nearly as accessible anymore and so I didn't know it at the time but I was seeking out a community to you know fall into or or embrace and that's sort of when I found you and funk and vibe and I just felt so meeting you was like a warm hug like you guys were just so great you guys were playing the best music I was like okay these are my people right here that's how I knew um and then also just dancing and you don't see people dancing in like small bars very often but you guys were killing it you had a whole dance circle vibe going on um and and i needed that and i didn't know i needed that until i met y'all so yeah well thanks <laughs> shout out shout out to dez super yes. cool dez and ross diggy all together yeah. um they they threw that function they did. we were in farmingdale yeah. Um, lithology, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah Shout out to yeah. Lithology too, because they're super cool um hosting things. Yeah. I've also found difficulty in getting to that point too. And I don't know, Cosme, like I feel like you've kind of slowly kind of found a couple of like and I guess like specifically in, in your art, like found mm. yeah. <laughs> I love this name. It's um, a good bit, huh? It's, it's gonna keep going. Um, you found like, a couple of photographers that you, you really gel with and are able to kind of like work off of and bounce off of. Um, I forgot where I was going with this, but it, 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 you know, I still, I also still feel the same way too, despite the fact that like I'm working to try and build a community. It's a long process. Yeah. And, and, and if it doesn't like grow like wildfire, then you're like, you're investing in people. And not to put it in like a uh, like a capitalistic sort of way, but you know, you've got to show face and you've got to show people that you're you're worth the time and you actually care about them, and and then you find ways in which you can bring something to the table. Yeah, exactly. And it's a it's a weird it's a it's not weird it's a it's a process. It is um, definitely a long process. So mm. I get it. I get it. And I don't know. And- and what's interesting about creating a community, which is so different from being a part of one, it takes 
first of all, I applaud you for for doing that because for me, a lot of a lot of why I sprinkle or dance between communities is because I like to learn so much from them. But I think that you're learning something different when you're creating it and you have less time to like absorb from like a variety um, when you're curating something so specific, <laughs> generally specific. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. You caught me on that one. Um, yeah, beat you Um but but yeah, I really do applaud you because you have to take away from that time where you can sort of like free ball it and just like go around and learn everything and do everything when you're curating something. Um, so yeah, how how has that been, Andre? I'm a <laughs> uh, no, we we flipped it. People have flipped it on us. <laughs> We've been flipped. Yeah, yeah, they flipped the script on us. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, Jess and I are still uh, Jess, my sister, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I are still you know like figuring out. Shout out to Jess. I just yeah. shout out Jess every time. No, shout out to Jess. Yeah. Um, Jess and I have been figuring out how to foster a community. I mean, we're still obviously building it because mm-hmm. um, there's always time to do that. But um, I don't know. It's been it's been rewarding. It's been long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't ever know, like at least for me, just like knowing how I started No Doubt Radio, at least, and how, like, what I wanted to do with it. Like, I always felt like my sister and I were kind of like musical misfits in the suburbs. So we didn't subscribe to one thing, like, body and soul in. We didn't subscribe to another thing, body and soul in. So we're just trying to, like, I guess we were doing, we're doing essentially what you had talked about. It was like plucking the things that make sense Mm-hmm. from various other existing communities and just kind of putting that into a blender mm-hmm. and then just presenting it in the way that we can. But like what made you decide that that was the way to go? Because I've never gotten to the blending part. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess like in the process of like, at least for music, I think it's, there are, you know, avenues in which you can share it that are that are that are like designed for people to for, like come together mm-hmm. you know you play music out and people like music so at some point you're gonna attract people who make music mm-hmm. who really enjoy music who have like a deep rich love and history with music and and then that community can grow from there um and then you know you'll attract other people you'll attract people who just want like wander into places looking to have like have a good time and that's, you know, one part of the community, people that just want to like have a good time and you cater to them. And then you have another part of the community where you want to build with people and like, you know, put them on a, you know, a pedestal of their own and mm-hmm. get them to a point where they can be in a position to shine. And, and, um, and ultimately I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We're still, like, like I said earlier, we're still figuring it out and still, mm-hmm. you know, doing, you know, making our steps and figuring out what they are. I think that's a really selfless step to take, though. Um, and I think that I'm sort of at a point of my journey that I'm not ready to take a step like that. Even, and and that goes for either creating a community or like being a part of one. Because I feel like once you're, once you feel officially a part of a community, there's this like subtle obligation to contribute, right? Because that's mm-hmm. part of what being a community 
in a community is about right. is that you're contributing back mm-hmm. to that community. Um, and I don't know if I'm ready for, for that yet. It's fair. It's, it's, it's a big investment. Yeah. Shout out to this pipe going off. It's a good <laughs> sound. You want to hold for a minute? So like Cosme, what about you? Like, what about me? Like, I don't know. Maybe this seems extremely pointed. I'm keep saying like photo community, photo community. Mm-hmm. Does, is that like, are you looking for it? Does that something you, like you feel like you are looking for or need to do? Or you just, I feel like I'm looking for it sometimes. Like there's like a whole like group of like New York city photographers mm-hmm. <laughs> that like align themselves with kind of like the things that I'm into and they're geeks about photography in the same way I am. But I don't ever feel myself like, I don't know. I feel I don't feel like I should be there, so yeah. don't go. Like I don't. I don't put myself in those rooms. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, that's, inter- that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't like to do it. Is is it because it makes me feel real uncomfortable? And I think I'm insecure in my ability. Uh, if I'm getting real honest, even though I know, huh. like, I'm confident in my ability as like a professional photographer. Okay. But I'm woefully unconfident like i don't know i feel like i'm still gonna fuck up i mean everyone's capable of fucking up but like, yeah like I, the, the, the photo walk for example mm-hmm. like that was an instance where you you had the opportunity to foster community and you did yeah and it's like yeah i just don't know like like now i i, I have friends that i'll go and shoot with and that that's something i like and i'd i'd rather like be a part of something that I'm building rather than join some someone else something someone else is building but I'm also not actively trying to build a community because okay. I feel that my place is kind of maybe similar to what Jess was saying like I feel that my place is to document mm. other things that I'm not directly involved with so okay yeah. okay so I I guess you're you're kind I'm of deep cover yeah. <laughs> so you're using your 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 skill set to to document the communities that are building as opposed to being in one and building something from there yeah like i, I wouldn't because i'm just i'm not actively like looking to i don't know like i love having people to talk and geek out photography wise over like yeah if we can just bullshit about this stuff but yeah. just what were you gonna say I'm no sorry. i i think that like once you're in a community it also opens this door for comparison and -hmm. it's easy to escape that when you're not a part of that officially right that's a really good point yeah like you can have these one-off conversations and and really like learn from each other but then once you're in in that community you can't help but compare yourself from the other people that are also within that and that can be super scary and yeah i think maybe that's also a little bit of a part of it for me um, yeah, because you're like constantly being saturated with, the, I guess, the same kind of yeah. content that you're essentially working in. Yeah. yeah, like while I'm like, I really am plenty confident in my work, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it sucks by any means. And I don't think that I'm incapable as a photographer. Um, and I think I have a valid vision and a valid point of view to um, be photographing from. But I think that I'm also really selective with my circle in terms of photography. Right. And then when I meet someone that's like on the same kind of who operates similarly to me, I bring them into my to my small, tiny little circle. Mm-hmm. And it's not big. It's like a couple of people. 
mm-hmm. you know but i don't know i don't know i feel like i'm a i am a bit of a loner in that regard yeah nah, i don't know if that answers your question but I'm, this is as honest as i get baby. no that's no <laughs> i mean it's good it's good yeah it's it's yeah it's i mean what, what just what you said is is really it really sticks because like yeah being like almost suffocated by all of it you feel like you have you like obligated to also contribute to that mm-hmm. yeah like absolutely unspoken competitiveness mm-hmm. you know like oh like let me join this photographer's group and show them what i'm made of yeah and then you have to you know puff out your chest and be like well this is what i'm doing people are like oh my god that's so cool like 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 that's me being really dismissive about it but right. obviously but you know you know there are there are yeah i guess like the, the intention too, like if how you operate as an organization if we're going even that far like you know how you dictate the, what the what are the rules this? yeah i don't know it just it, everything about it makes me nervous so i yep. avoid it <laughs> fair yeah it it almost like it changes people from being inspirations to peers and like and not that peers shouldn't be inspiring to you i think peers mm-hmm. should be inspiring to you but then peers allows for um separate from inspiration there's that competitiveness and mm-hmm. I don't, I, I want everyone around me to be an inspiration to me in some way, form or fashion. So is that what, I mean, does that contribute to your, to your feeling not connected because it's a community yeah. that you're not, you don't have to compete in? Yeah. I, I think that's mm. part of why I keep myself so, so separated. Um, that's really interesting. It's, all, it's, it's it's I didn't even realize it, but I do the same thing. Yeah, it's it's like it's Shout almost like yeah. it's like you you're you're like you've identified that they're not a threat to you. Yeah, and so you're able to submerge yourself, you know, deeper than what you would normally would. Yeah, it's almost like I'm self-regulating my emotions too, because like That's I'm true. preventing myself from ever being in a situation where I think that. I might feel like envious of others. I don't, I hate that feeling, dude. Mm. Like, yeah, and it's so easy to feel in the creative realm. And, and because I've acknowledged that I've done everything I can to avoid it. Cause it's just so ugly to me. And I, I've been trying to confront it recently. Really? How's yeah, that gone? I, I have like, while I don't consider myself like actively looking for a circle, mm. I'm getting a little bit of a circle. Of just, Mm -hmm. like, people that I'm just, like, you know, like, linking up with who to work with and and bounce ideas off of and all that stuff. And, like, you see things, like, you see people get gigs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end, like, I'm just, like, because it would bother me initially. And I think that said something more about my insecurity rather than this other person's because they're my friend and and I want them to be happy. And now I, I don't really think I have a problem with it. I'm, like, it worked to just, like kind of forcing myself to deal with it yeah. and being like no this is your friend like you need like th- this is your friend you're do mm-hmm. they're doing great work mm-hmm. and like you should be thrilled for them yeah. you know um yeah and i've just been really actively trying to not compare myself to anyone because it yeah. is hard and it's especially now when we just like look at our phones and see everyone else's stuff like mm. it's hard not to be like oh man but what am i doing you know yep. and yeah. I mean, I've just been trying to focus really hard to like keep my nose down and just do what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm I'm currently caught in that process all the time. You know, seeing people who are doing good work who are your friends, but then getting caught up in like, mm, that's a missed opportunity for me. Yeah, right. Or like, yeah. I didn't make that exactly. move. Exactly. Uh, that's and, a better way to voice it. And that's when right. that happens to me, I usually 
get really upset, obviously, initially, and then do my best to just walk it off. Yeah. Because if I like vocalize that I'm upset about it, then I think, I mean, obviously, obviously admitting it is one thing and I can, I will admit it out front. I'm like, I'm mad because I'm comparing myself to this, this thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then I'm like, now that I understand that I'm mad, I'm just going to walk away and let myself just focus on what I have to do with myself. It's wild yeah. too now because I'm like, instead of being mad at the situation, I'm now mad at myself for being mad, envious. Yeah. Of like, I'm like, I'm not mad at that, that this person got something. I'm mad at me for like caring enough about that to exactly. feel negatively. That's my process. Yeah. I get yeah. mad at someone and I'm like wait I'm mad at myself yep, yep. I'm like alright go take a walk <laughs> yeah. you need to work through that cycle and then get back to the healthy place Yep, that it, it's funny hearing your strategy because my strategy is avoiding all of that at all costs because I, mean, I, I hate feeling that guilt for being envious yeah. so I just, it's yeah. I think it lives in Stop all of it. us I mean we're just we're yeah. three people and we're all experiencing the same thing like it, it's a small part of all of us yeah it um, is but there are beautiful and bright things. Yep. And those overshadow the weird parts. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Cosmo, you like to do this thing toward the end I of the podcast. I love to do this thing toward the end of the podcast. Um, what is it? So I spring it on people. Um, just what's something that you are currently into? It could be really anything. Like oh, small, geez. big. Just something you've been into recently. TV show. Like, I don't know. Something you saw. An article you read. Something you've been doing recently. Just something you think more people should know about. You bang your way right. Pogo sticking. No, I'm kidding. I'm That'd be not so actually. sick if you committed <laughs> oh, with that. That'd be so sick if you committed with that. Yo, honestly, I love pogo sticking, but I haven't done it in like 10 years, but I can do it with no hands. So maybe what? if you ever do like, you know, you a video bike. interview series, it'll just be like five minutes of me pogo sticking with no hands. I'm That's, wild. That's I'm pretty cool. It. But um, on a serious note, Something that I'm into, jeez, I'm into so many things. Um, you banging with right now? Yeah, today, right now, cause today. Yeah, like what's 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 good to you today? What'd you do today that you liked? Oh, maybe that's yeah. Yeah, maybe we we search yeah. out that way. Yeah. So yeah, so actually, yeah, I have one. I have one. So uh, today I helped out um, my best friend Jesse. Um, basically, like fix up her room, like basically do some like interior design stuff but something that i've always wanted to do that i want to get into is like carpentry and like start building things on my own because i love the ability to like work really hard on something and like be proud of the result like in a different in a more like physical form like music yeah i don't even know is that like physical i can't tell anymore i mean technically (laughs) yes because sound vibrates and hits your ear and then it gets to your brain so yes it is physical but it's not tangible in the sense that you could hold it yeah and i want to be able to hold something i create so i wouldn't say it's necessarily something i'm i mean it's something i'm into but not something i'm doing right now but like i like to start small like you know I nail something into the wall here and there and like that's that's enough for me right now but like um I I really it's something that's like a secret goal of mine is to get into carpentry and like be able to maybe build my own house one day you're gonna start 3d printing shit dude (laughs) don't start I'm like all over the place now Cosmo, what you banging with? I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain real hard. Dre, what are you thinking? Okay, so there's an album by this artist, and I think kind of fits 
Sick. The conversation that we were having, and I think if you haven't listened to just specifically, you should listen to. It's an artist by the name of Mariba. Yes, I love Mariba. All right, cool. So then you 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 fucks with this. Um, the album is called "The Jungle Is the Only Way Out." Mm. Came out 2019 last year. One of my favorites from last year has some interspersed interludes in there as well. So yeah. it's kind of relevant to the conversation. So, Sick. um, yeah. And then the song "Black Truck Banks." If you haven't heard it, um, okay, yeah, definitely on there. <laughs> Okay. All right, I got something. You got it. What are you banging with, Cos? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say just because it, it her songwriting reminds me of your songwriting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say check out the album "Crushing" by Julia Jacqueline. Ooh, Ooh. crushing um, Julia Jacqueline. Yeah, she's got out of you. Australia. Um, she's really incredible. She writes beautiful songs, and you should check out that record. It's really good. Okay, I'm about to look her up right um, now. Yeah. So. Energy's back. Jeste Jesus, thank you so much of course, thank for being you. on the pod today. Um, the people can find you on Instagram at underscore Aura Music. A U R A M U S I C. Is there anything else you want to tell the people, Jess, that you want to promote, you want to plug, you want to tell people where to come find you? Social security number, whatever you want. <laughs> All right, let me. Let me. <laughs> No, just thank you both so much. And I love you both. And I love everyone that is listening to this because you're awesome. Well, we love you too. You're all right. Um, <laughs> hey, if you want to follow that big jerk over there, Andre Dowdy, on the internet, you can find him on Instagram at no doubt, N O D O U G H T. If you want to find him on Twitter, it's at never a doubt, spelled the same way. You're- <laughs> If you want to find me on the internet, my Instagram is at Anthony Cosme, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-C-O-S-M-E. Tony. Don't follow me on Twitter. Do it. Don't, Don't call, call him me Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to follow the pod, see some things that we're cooking up in our in our cauldron. Ew, gross. If you want to <laughs> see some things yeah. that we're cooking up in the cauldron, follow <laughs> us at Generally Specific Pod. On Instagram, and uh, maybe we'll have a Twitter. We'll have a Twitter. At We're gonna have a Twitter. Probably have a Twitter. We're gonna have a Twitter. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. So, write your thoughts down. Yeah, write your thoughts down. Yeah, let's go out on that. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>